You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. But first, a special guest, a reporter with the Mercury News, and my co-host on Locked on NBA, as well as the host of Locked on Warriors. You're probably familiar with him, Wes Goldberg. How are you, Wes? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, well, you know, we were going to do this regular series Wednesdays with Wes. It's back on here, and we were going to go throughout all of Miami's long playoff run and bring <laughs> you the latest uh, on Miami's journey to the NBA Finals. And, uh, well, after a sweep, it's kind of hard to maintain that segment going pretty regularly. But you will be an infrequent guest throughout the offseason because this is still your hometown team, and I know that you still want to talk about everything related to Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, and everything yeah. else going on with this Heat roster. So first, uh, I well, wanted to... Well, we, we needed a week off to sure. just sort of wash ourselves of the Milwaukee series, right? So we took a week off. Now we're back. Happy to keep doing this um, because, you know, the good news about the Heat losing so early in the playoffs is that they won't lose again. So we won't get disappointed anymore. That's true. So I, I, I really get like a, a sense of relief from from my mm. listeners, like Heat fans in general. You, you kind of scan the, the timeline a little bit there. And it just seems like, I don't know, maybe too much pressure to continue that that identity of being an NBA finalist, whether or not they were bubble frauds or bubble guppies or whatever the hell else. Everybody else has labeled this team. So I, it just does feel like there is a sense of relief. But I, before we launch into that, because I do want to get your takeaways from the playoffs, because obviously we've been talking about it for Locked on NBA. But I, this is a little bit of a segue here. You're not familiar with this at all. But I've been talking lately about uh, Tyler Hero, because he is in the news lately uh, for reasons that shouldn't really matter. The fact is that he and his girlfriend will be hopefully welcoming a child at some point soon. And uh, they posted something on Instagram and uh, she is pregnant and expecting. And so... I talked about that because the the discourse surrounding Tyler has been kind of toxic of late and certainly directed at her, uh, you know, what her intentions are, whether or not she's quote unquote securing the bag and things of this sort. And then in a follow up episode, I also talked about why Dame Lillard, who a lot of Heat fans would want to be on, you know, would want Miami to acquire miraculously somehow, you know, what that his first choice as far as a coach is concerned is Jason Kidd. And then I talked about all the reasons why Kid is one, a terrible coach, but also not a particularly good human being. And it was brought to my attention that while I was making the argument that we shouldn't be poking into Tyler's personal life, I was bringing up Jason's personal mm -hmm. life as far as his you know, conviction uh, of being a domestic abuser. And my look, I, I'm not calling out anybody. And I always welcome feedback from my listeners if you want to send me a message or anything like that. But the point stands, I think, that one is... Tyler Hero and his girlfriend are expecting a child, and that's we, none of our business. And the other thing is that, well, that's a crime, and he committed a crime, and he was convicted of said crime. He actually pled guilty to that crime. And so I think that's where the difference is. Yes, maybe we shouldn't be poking around in personal lives of players as much, but one is, I think, a very clear differentiation there is that it was a criminal assault that Jason Kidd was a part of many years ago. And sure, it was a long time ago, and I realize he's been a coach since then, but none of that changes the fact that that was a particularly bad blemish in his past. Maybe he's moved on. 
who knows the reality is still that even as a coach he's not a particularly good one so he's not a good person and not a particularly good coach either yeah i i don't really know what direction you want to go into from all that because there's a lot there but as far as the Jason Kidd thing, you've been on this for a long time. You you seem to have a personal thing with Jason Kidd where you just don't like him. And I think your reasons are good because he does seem like a crappy person, yep. uh, which, all right. And he hasn't had any success, uh, any real success in the NBA as a head coach. And he kind of keeps getting jobs and, and praise because of who he is and his Hall of Fame career and all these things. But sure. you're absolutely right. The, the difference between trying to guess why Tyler Hero and his girlfriend are pregnant versus this dude pled guilty to a crime are completely different things. And you're absolutely right about that. Uh, as far as Tyler Hero is concerned, look, my only thing is if he's the baby goat and then he has a baby, what do you call him? Hmm. Like baby goat junior? Wow. I mean, that, that is... That is certainly taking it in another direction there. But I guess Baby Goat Jr. kind of sounds like a 90s indie band or something like that. I could totally see that. <laughs> Dinosaur Jr., Baby Goat Jr., it's very similar. Exactly, yeah. yeah I, I think that's, uh, where, that's where my mind was going. I, I like it. I, I mean, we don't want to pigeonhole him into any – or him, him or her. We don't know what uh, the gender of the child is going to be. We don't know what their, what their career will be. Well, how about this? Do they have to take up basketball in order to be crowned Baby Goat Jr.? Or is it just by virtue of being born to Tyler Hero? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, he or she has to do something competitive. So it doesn't have to be basketball, it be soccer – could be gymnastics, could be chess, right? Like, you know, maybe they get really into that Netflix show or something, but um, what is something competitive because you can't just be like, like this kid can't go on to be like a YouTuber and then call themselves oh. baby goat junior. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had enough of YouTube personalities over the last few days. And I don't know what your take on uh, the whole, I, I don't know which one of the Paul siblings. It, it was might Logan be. Paul. And I was asking somebody about this yesterday because I'm like, look, I've I've been blissfully unaware of yep. YouTube stars for a very long time. Yep. And now it's getting to the point where I have to pay attention to Logan Paul because he's in sports. He's boxing against peripherally attached to sports. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's boxing against Floyd Mayweather. That now I have to know who this is. Like he is part of my my sports life. I know I cover the Warriors, but. I'm, I'm a sports fan, first and foremost. Like, I need to know who Floyd Mayweather... Like, when Floyd Mayweather was boxing Conor McGregor, I understood that, right? Yep. But, like, Logan Paul looks like an athlete, but I've never heard of him or know where he comes from. And so <laughs> I had to do, figure out all these things. And it turns out that everybody on YouTube hates him. And then I was like, why does everybody hate him? And he's like, because he's on YouTube and he's kind of a jerk. And I was like, well, isn't that everybody on YouTube? Right. Like, you don't, you don't get famous on the internet by being polite, you know? Like, that doesn't work. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to sound like an asshole all the time because that's how you get famous. And then, you know, the brief interactions between him and Mayweather that I saw, like, I've got your hat, bro. I'm like, yeah, this guy seems like an obnoxious, unlikable human. Yes. But also how much of this is a bit just to be famous. And if it is a completely a bit to be famous, is he a genius? Like, I don't know. This is all just this is all my stuff. Not ever, ever watched a single episode of or whatever we call it of logan paul's youtube channel i've not watched a single thing i've never been on the youtube channel but to me it just sounds like if everybody hates him he must be doing something right because now he's getting like 10 million dollars to fight the maybe the greatest boxer of the last 30 years you know yeah like that that seems like successful 
I, I mean, just seeing like his responses to somebody again, peripherally attached to NBA Twitter. Uh, there's a, a woman who reports about the, the Memphis Grizzlies and, and she tweeted at, at not, not necessarily at one of the Paul siblings, whichever one, oh, Logan Paul, you mentioned, uh, whichever, you know, the one that boxed. And she just said, can we just not talk about the Paul brothers ever again? And his response was like, uh, well, you're you're making me more famous, dumbass. Like, like this is a person he doesn't even know, and he's insulting her on Twitter. Which but he's right. Yes, but no, uh, because I think that's where the problem is. Is that you know we got to this point now. Like, again, first of all, he's insulting a woman, a human being that he doesn't even know on Twitter, just because there's the whole facelessness of, approach to social media in general, where I could call anybody anything. And look, I, I just went through this a couple of weeks ago. I hate to keep bringing it up, but Buck's Twitter has not been a, a big fan of mine lately. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, it's just partly this weird thing where it's like, you mention them at all. It's like, oh, we live in your head rent free. It's like, no, I, I, I have this this venue to talk about things. It's called Twitter and I should be able to talk about them. The fact that you get personally upset about them shouldn't really impact this. But at the same time, I, I don't know who you are. You don't know who I am. You shouldn't be directing attacks at me. And then to go back to that point about the Paul, Paul kid, like not, not all good, not all publicity should be good publicity. And I think that's a bigger problem right. as far as society is concerned. Look, I, I was well, on no, this flight. He's, he's, he's not, he's right in that her tweeting about him is giving him more attention. By definition, she could have tweeted about anything else and would have given less attention to Logan Paul. But right? somebody snitch tags but, him in there and it's like he responds to this thing. It's like, this is so asinine. But he, like he right, no, but he's also wrong, right? Like he's wrong as like a nice, per like that's not, he, he's not being a good person. You know, sure. he's not loving thy neighbor. He's not doing anything wow. in the way of being nice, polite, or a good person. But he's also not wrong in saying you're giving me more attention. Look, he's basically doing the Skip Bayless thing, right? Yeah. And like he's whether or not he's a character or not, he's 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 creating content that you will consume out of pure hatred, and that's exactly what Skip Bayless does, and that's what he's doing. And it's it worked for Skip. It's working for him apparently. And 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 look, I'm not all and look, I haven't watched it because I'm not interested in those characters, right? I like. I like authenticity. I like smart, funny, thoughtful content. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in people who are authentic and thoughtful and, and, and smart and, and, and present content in that way. But, and so Logan Paul isn't part of what I want, but there's certainly a demographic, a large demographic that consumes Logan Paul's content. And, and if that's all he, if all he cares about is being famous, and doesn't care about what people think of him or even doing the right thing, then he's, he's very successful in that. So that's all. That's fair. Look, I, I just, success is one thing, but I don't know if it necessarily brings Paul or anybody else joy, happiness, anything attached to the idea of watching a game or performing or doing something and being happy about it. And that's part of what makes Michelob Ultra such a pleasurable experience to me. Michelob's ultra player of the week is is Tyler Hero and I think it's you know funny we talked about him earlier peripherally but at the same time you know he's a guy who seems to be enjoying his life he's happy with his girlfriend as he should be uh you know they seem to be a, a good couple and and you know he's also successful in basketball he's 21 years old certainly much more successful in what he's doing than most of us are in whatever respective fields we are at 21 and I, I think this is a guy who seems to be 
again, living his life and, and doing so very joyfully, the way Michelob Ultra intends for all of us to live our life. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, he's, he's off playing golf. Go ahead. What were I've you got saying? a hero stat for you that I pulled up. So I'm, I'm unlocked on Warriors. I was pulling up some stats in regards to Jordan Poole, who kind mm-hmm. of became Golden State's sixth man this year. Okay. And I found since March 4th, and I picked that date because that's when Jordan Poole came back from his little stay in the G League bubble. But, you know, that's roughly 25-ish games of the, of the second part of the season. Um, since March 4th, only uh, among the top 10 players in bench points, only two of those players are younger than 27 years old. So those, those are players like Goran Dragic and uh, Derek Rose and Jordan Clarkson who won six sure. of the year. Only two of the top 10 players are younger than 27 years old. And it's Jordan Poole and it's Tyler Hero. And Tyler Hero is quite a bit in front of Jordan Poole as far as points per game off the bench. That bodes really well. If if I don't know what Tyler Hero's role ends up being long term, but just the fact that he's in that conversation with great scorers like that, yep, and he's one of the few that are and he's significantly younger than those guys, uh, I think bodes well for his future. Yeah, and look, it's a future that we know is going to be filled with joy and happiness because he does seem to not just put in the work but also enjoy the process. And that's what it's all about. Enjoyment might not be the end game. It's the whole game. And I think Tyler certainly embodies that as well as anybody. But let me tell you a little bit something about Locker Room. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is a perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news. You know Miami's going to be involved in lots of big news items over the next few months, so make sure that you're on Locker Room where you'll find lots of lockdown hosts across the NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL. So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available in all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter account, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms there. And again, download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I mean, he are out of the playoffs, but the road to the final still continues. And our coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So, Wes, we've spent about, oh, I don't know, 10-ish minutes or so. And uh, not really a lot of Miami Heat basketball. But quickly, I guess, I was wondering what your takeaways from the playoff run was for Miami. Because, uh, obviously... Heat fans are somewhat torn there, even though there is that sense of relief. I know it's not exactly a great place to be in if you're a Heat fan. Well, I thought the run to the finals wore on them just like it wore on the Lakers, right? You saw two teams that were just absolutely tired, never really got their groove at all during the regular season. I guess the Lakers at the beginning of the year seemed like they were rolling, but they got hurt, and there's a reason for it, right? They were really exhausted. They didn't get a real offseason. Miami did not get a real offseason. It was just so hard to do that and the cost of going to the finals that during after a postponed season that late into the summer uh basically cost i think the lakers and the heat a season and i think it's remarkable that either team ended up making it to the playoffs at all if and uh a first round exit wasn't also uh, at all surprising based on just how broken down that they looked and i know that the heat kind of got going at the end of the year there yeah. That's, a, that's, you know, a lot of teams are tired, kind of on equal playing field. Their talent won out. Their talent ultimately got them over the hump and into the postseason, but not at all shocked that they bowed out early. Now, at least, 
the Heat have an extended offseason, a long time to kind of recuperate and get their bodies back right. And I think you'll see the Heat and the Lakers uh, next year look more like they did a couple years ago than they did in the playoffs this year, where they just look completely overwhelmed and just couldn't get up and down the floor. The Heat just having a hard time, not necessarily staying in front of Giannis, but like just just basic stuff like closing out on Bryn Forbes and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and these guys like that stuff like these are really good defenders right Jimmy Butler Bam Adebayo like Trevor Ariza Andre Godal like all these guys were just exhausted and uh and they didn't play up to their standard and I think next year um I think there's relief you you talk about the relief that Heat fans have I think there's probably a relief from Miami uh the, the the players as well because they know an extended offseason will do them a lot of good going into next year. I think they, and look, I, I think there's also a lot of glaring holes on the team, you know, not to keep comparing them to the Lakers and stuff, but there's a lot of similarities where, Hey, right. you know, sir, you had really great talent and great cultures that got you over the hump in the bubble. And that, that was certainly helpful. And that doesn't mean you're just a bubble fluke. It just means that you did something that was really, really hard and you didn't just need talent, but you needed a mindset and a culture about your team. And, for the Lakers, it started with LeBron, and for the Heat, it's the Heat culture and all, and Jimmy Butler and all those things. But um, there's also some major holes in their roster, and I think for Miami, it's very clear you have five core pieces, and you need to figure out a way to build around those. And you can't just plug holes in with Dwayne Dedman and Trevor Ariza and guys like that over and over again. You've got to go out this offseason with cap space and and make some significant moves to supplement your core guys. Now that it's really clear who those guys are. Do you have a, a preference? You know, obviously, I, I just talked about in yesterday's episode, Chris Stapps Brzingis, and before that, Dame Lillard. And I mean, you hear all these names, but if you're watching what this Heat team needs, is there a clear-cut position of need? Or I, I was talking to Matt Moore about this, and, and we kind of talked about, like, the idea of going all in on a superstar. If you can somehow acquire, say, a Kawhi, a Kawhi Leonard or a Lillard or somebody like that, is that the avenue to go in if you can get it? Or is it better to just kind of spread yourself in and upgrades at various spots along the roster? There's no question you go for the superstar. And that's something sure. Pat Riley has always understood. Like, you could find other guys. I made, right? the, I made the argument earlier in the season when there was the Harden talk that maybe it might not be such a great idea, given what we thought at the time regarding, look, that was in the, in the throes of when Jimmy was hurt, the team was losing players left and right to health and safety protocols. It was the very beginning of the season. And you're thinking to yourself, man, this, this is the time right now when you need depth more than anything else. It just turned out that a lot of that depth wasn't really successful. and wasn't able to take much of a, a leap here. You were still counting on, at least I was, I, I thought, that hero was going to take a little bit more of a leap this season that maybe bam would take a little bit more of a leap. None of those things came to fruition. And so when you're looking at trading away, I don't know, four or five players for a star level, like player like Harden, I wasn't sure if it was necessarily the right move. I made that argument. I also said, there's no way that Pat Riley passes that up. He's always, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people are giving, are kind of making fun of heat fans for that whole, we wouldn't trade Tyler hero for James Harden type stuff. Exhausting. But- well, I mean, national media were talking about it too, that it was not an easy trade. And this was not on the heels of Tyler Hero's meh season. This was on the heels of Tyler Hero. It was never the like factor. The coming of Devin Booker in the NBA Finals, right? right? This was on the heels of a finals run where, you know, continuity and depth were the things that kind of got you over the top. And so right. 
and James Harden, by the way, was out of shape and was coming off of years of disappointing in the playoffs. And you didn't know if he could be the type of guy who could get you over the hump because he never was that with the Houston Rockets. And, you know, I I think there was uh, real reasons why that there was questions there and maybe why. And look, we don't know what the Heat tried or tried not to do, right? Like, we don't know what the breaking point was or if they even wanted to talk to if they wanted to take on James Harden because of everything that was going on with him in Houston. But um, now, it obvi- if, if anything, if there's any takeaway, it's not that the Heat did something wrong. It's that if you if they have an opportunity to go chase a star again, that you don't repeat what you did after whatever what that year was in 2015, the 30 and 11 stretch at the end of the season where you just you said you fell in love with the team. And you boxed yourself into it with James Johnson, Deion Waiters, and those guys. It, it's not to the same degree because this team is obviously much more talented with a with an NBA Finals type of ceiling. But you can't, you don't want to box yourself into a team that you just fall in love with, right? You want to do more of, hey, this team with Lamar Odom and um, Karan Butler and Dwayne Wade and, and and Brian Grant just made to the playoffs and we didn't expect it. Let's let's push all the chips in because we have a we have a real chance with this Dwayne Wade guy and go get Shaq. I think you want to do that. I think you want to do 2010. Let's go get LeBron. I think you want to, I, I think the, the heat are ready to make a similar type of move. If that player is available. And so- yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, I, until he gets traded to the heat, he's obviously going to be pretty stressed out about it, but he shouldn't let the stress of daily life weigh on him because whether you're an elite athlete like Damian Lillard or just somebody like us trying to get through the day, tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power that's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4, the OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app lets you learn from your behaviors and suggest guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. That's a bargain. Go to theragun.com slash lockdown right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today that's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on and with the money you save from getting your theragun go to bet online and make even more the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season's in full swing you can track all the action at bet online but there's tons of sports action going on right now with the start of the new nba season the wnba season excuse me the nba playoffs of course the nhl and so much more head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the finals. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'll go back to your question here, David, is who, I, who do I have my eyes on? 
it's absolutely Damian Lillard. I mean, it absolutely has to be, right? Like, he is exactly what this Heat team needs. And I would trade everything on the table outside of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, whatever they want. Unlock the protections on that Oklahoma City pick. Throw Tyler Hero into the trade. Throw Duncan Robinson in the trade. All these really great players who are very important to this team, you can find them later. You found Duncan Robinson in Sioux Falls, right? You got, you could, maybe Max Struess becomes the next three-point shooter. Go sign J.J. Redick at, for the minimum at this point. Um, you can find guys to do that, but it's really hard to find a guy like Damian Lillard who is very clearly a, the kind of player who can lead you to a finals. And I think that's what the Heat need, and those players are so hard to come by. If you have a chance to get one, you didn't do it. You, you, you probably didn't push all the chips in for Harden, but you probably should do it for a guy like Damian Lillard. And I'd argue Lillard is probably a better fit than James Harden is on this team anyway, right? Because he's he'll move the ball a little bit. Yep. Uh, he could space the floor at, an, at a Steph Curry type of level for guys like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. That would be the guy. And that's a guy that I've been looking at for a couple of years now. And if things go south in Portland and a lot of dominoes have to fall, but um, if they do fall the right way and into the right basket, then I think that the Heat <laughs> should just take everything they have and make it known that they want Damian Lillard outside of Lillard. I still think that's kind of the position of need is, is point guard. Obviously Kyle Lowry would be a nice addition. I, I think that they were on the right track with the Oladipo thing where, Hey, we need somebody who can drive and kick and just sort of, you know, get things turning on offense in a way that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo don't really do. I, that, that kind of, that kind of presence, that penetrating presence, I think, we, or, and a floor spacing presence uh, would go a long way uh, from at that point guard spot specifically and in, in kind of rounding out the rest of the offense. And if that person can have a, the upside like a Damian Lillard, then then great. But if not, then maybe you go like the Utah Jazz route and just say, hey, let, let's just be really good at, at, at spots one through 10. And that's it because the Heat weren't, right? Like that you had like five guys on that roster who were just sort of iffy. You need to replace those five guys with five guys that are much better. I've, I've seen the argument that this roster is just kind of littered with either you have your two best players, Jimmy and Bam, are versatile and do everything well, but they're not so dominant except for the occasional game. And we saw this from Jimmy in the finals. Obviously, we saw this from Bam in the Eastern Conference finals. And we've seen this from Bam against the Brooklyn Nets earlier in the regular season when Jimmy was out of the lineup. And that's all fine and good, but they're not the kind of players that are just going to carry you night in and night out and i think that's a big thing that this team absolutely needs they need a guy who can get you 25 points at a minimum like we talked about this last night's episode of lockdown nba about Giannis. i mean this is a guy who is relied on to do that and in the game two loss to brooklyn he still didn't and and so you know at least your your chances of success are much higher when you have that kind of player certainly lillard fits that bill there so i i think that's a, a huge that would be a huge get for a team like Miami. And, and look, I think there are 28 other teams out there that would want to acquire Damian Lillard as well. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't know. I don't know how likely it is. I know you recently wrote about that for the Mercury News about whether or not there'd be a an Oakland reunion in the works there. Uh, do you do you believe that Portland will trade him? I mean, I, I think at this point in time, you're looking at the recent comments from their general manager, Neil Olshay, and and it was kind of a head-scratching, bizarre press conference mm. where he really failed to take any sort of accountability and coupled that with the the quick exit from the playoffs. And a lot of people are assuming that Lillard's going to be you know, very quick to demand a trade, but he hasn't been that guy before. I mean, he's said time and time again, 
this is where I want to win. I want to turn this team around. I want to be able to, to move towards something. But as I said in a recent show, he's at that point now in his career where his legacy as an individual player is going to start being held against him because he's either a great score that puts up empty stats and isn't really able to carry your team to, you know, great success, team success, or you have to start finding a way to get to another team where maybe you can achieve that team success. And, and that might bolster your legacy as an all-time great. We don't know. I don't think he's ever really spoken about how much legacy matters to him, but I think it's something that he has to, he probably does consider to some degree. Yeah. You know, I, He's sworn loyalty up and down, um, but it, it's it, it's starting to look sort of like the Harden situation where right. Terry Stotts was hired as coach the year Damian Lillard got drafted. Yeah. He's the only head coach Damian Lillard ever knew. And not a bad coach either. I don't think there was a problem there. Again, I think it was Olshay in that roster more than Stotts yeah. as a coach. That really. And now you've got like these weird things from Olshay coming out, like how the basically the new saying that the new coach is going to have to make do with the the way that the roster is what and sort is of deflecting that? blame. And if you're Damian Lillard, like, you know, the look, I'm sure he's got great relationships with CJ McCollum and, and Carmelo Anthony and other guys on that roster, but you're probably looking around and you're like, you're looking at what's going on with Brooklyn right now. And some of these yeah. other super teams that have, and you're like, I've got to, you're telling me I got to make do with Norman Powell and Derek Jones and, 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 you know, Kevin Durant gets to play with James Harden and Kyrie Irving and, and the Warriors are getting, you know, they have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson's coming back. And they've got Draymond Green, who has pulverized me in the playoffs, you know, for three out of the four last years and all these things. And um, it would not, you know, he's only loyal until he's not anymore. Right. Yep. And and there's a, and what's he loyal to? If Terry Stotts is gone and Neil Olshie is making an ass out of himself in these press conferences, <laughs> then then what are you loyal to anymore? Portland? Yeah, I guess. But. That's like if if any if any city is going to understand what what Damon Lillard is going through, like the, the fans in Portland know that they're not putting the best team around him, and maybe they would say maybe they would encourage him to leave. Or I don't know, but it would be uh, it wouldn't be shocking to me at at all if Damon Lillard just looked around and said, you know what, I'm 30, I got to go make the most of my my career. I'm never going to win a championship here. If you're telling me that this if I've got to make do with CJ McCollum and, and Yusuf Nurkic and, and a bunch of role players. Um, maybe I'll go somewhere else. And maybe if you're Portland and you're locked in the way that you claim to be locked in and you know, you look at their, oh, their let's their not books, use that phrase around here. In. Let's not use but, that phrase around here. Okay. Um, no, you, then, you, you remember Jimmy's post about being uh, stupidly locked in stupidly locked in. No, you're right. Um, but uh, you, I, I think if you're Lillard, there's reason to leave. And if you're Portland, it's getting to the point where maybe there's reason to trade Damian Lillard, right? Like maybe there's, if you can't, if you have no flexibility, then maybe it is best to just reset. Now it's really hard for a small market to do that. It would, it would absolutely require Damian Lillard going to the front office and saying it's been real, but, and I've spent my entire career here, but I got to go try something else. And if that's the case, then we can compare trade packages and all this stuff. We, we already talked about what Miami can do. I wrote about what, what Golden State could do with James Wiseman, uh, maybe a couple lottery picks this year and, and just, you know, as an assortment of whatever role players you want. And then, you know, there's other teams that are going to have assets. Oklahoma City has every first-round pick for the next 20 years. Um, the Knicks have some stuff that they can move, like R.J. Barrett and some draft picks if they want. Uh, there's a bunch of teams that have assets, but – Ultimately, it'll come down to where Damian Lillard wants to play, right? Because Anthony Davis wanted to be on the Lakers, 
And there were other teams that had better packages, but he ends up on the Lakers somehow. And that's yeah. just the way things go in the NBA. You know, James Harden wanted to end up on the Nets. The Rockets got nothing for James Harden, nothing. Uh, there was other teams that were offering better stuff than, than the, like I, you could argue that if the Heat just put Duncan Robinson on the table, that that was better than what the Rockets ended up getting from Brooklyn. Um, if Damon Lillard wants to be in Miami, he'll end up in Miami one way or the other. And maybe the, the Heat wouldn't have to give up as much as we think, if that's the case. I don't know but it would require Damian Lillard doing it. And if I'm Jimmy Butler and I'm Bam Adebayo, I'm getting Damian Lillard's phone number and I'm texting him how great Miami is. Anyway, uh, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to join me on the podcast. Um, you know, why don't you go ahead and tell my listeners where they can find you and all your great work. Uh, at WC Goldberg on Twitter. And then uh, make sure to check out David and I on the Locked On NBA show. We host it every Monday night. It'll be ready for you. Uh, very, very late Monday nights, early Tuesday mornings. Um, so please go check that out and uh, rate and review Locked on NBA because we do, we're proud of what we do there. Absolutely. Just a reminder that you can always reach me via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLHeat. Be sure to please follow the show and leave a review as always. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's show. And thanks to all of you. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Oh.